630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by McDavid. Body takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, here we go once again on location from the 6.30 Chad Information Center at the 2018 Grey Cup Festival. Man, this place is humming tonight. I was hanging out here most of the afternoon. So many people coming through, getting ready to have some fun in Edmonton over the next few days. And then, of course, the big game on Sunday between Ottawa and Calgary. Your Edmonton Oilers have made a trade today. Sixth round pick going to the Ottawa Senators for defenseman Chris Weidman. It's a conditional sixth rounder and it's one the Oilers previously acquired this season from St. Louis in a trade for Jakob Yerbeck. We'll talk more about that as we move along tonight and get some Oilers updates from their practice in Anaheim. Of course, they visit the Ducks tomorrow here on 6.30, Chad. Noon for the face-off show, and the game will start at 2. Hey, my name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in, and we're jumping uh, in here with a very important guest. I'm really happy and curious to talk to this gentleman. He's the founding partner of Maritime Football. That's the name we'll stick with for now, Anthony LeBlanc. Anthony, thanks a lot for coming by. Well, thanks for the invite. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Just tell me a little bit, first of all, about, uh, I'll start with the softball, just being in Edmonton and, and seeing the festival, the setup, and everybody, everything going here. Oh, it's great. And, and this is my second year in a row of being so close to the festivities as last year it was in my, my principal residence in Ottawa. And uh, admittedly, that was my first time really getting into a, a Grey Cup. And I've been to Super Bowls in the past, but I've, I've said to everybody, I had a lot more fun coming to a great cup it was just much more fan focused and uh it's it's just a great experience i I love how you put that the the fan focus there's just so many activities and you can be walking through i mean i i just know from talking to to colleagues who don't get to talk sports every day like like i do or even just walking through the site you hear people say like i just talked to henry burris or hey that's matt dunnigan over there or there's uh jed roberts who used to play for the eskimos so it's it's so cool like that well and it's also nice that you don't have to mortgage your house to buy a ticket so (laughs) you know you got that going for you that's a very good point very good point hey you know it's really exciting with uh with maritime football i know i've talked to some people covering the story but i mean you are a big part of the story I'll kind of maybe start at the beginning, and, and I should, I, I should preface by saying if if people are thinking, man, Anthony's name is familiar. You were an owner of the Arizona Coyotes recently, right? Until last year for four, yeah, for four yeah, years, 2013 through 2017. Through 2017. So why now put the energy? and obviously the investment into a CFL team in Halifax in the Maritimes. Well, it dovetails in with when we were winding down our investment in the Coyotes. Uh, You know, I was the president of business operations. One of my partners, Gary Drummond, was president of of hockey operations. And we had been really bitten by the sports bug. And the question was, you know, what are we going to do next? So, you know, Gary's actually a Regina-based guy. So obviously, you know, the riders are part of his his life. Um, And I just said, and I have, you know, strong maritime roots. So I just said to him, why don't we look into CFL in Halifax? And his response was, I've never understood why that that hasn't happened. And I said to him, well, it's a pretty simple answer. There there isn't a stadium. Um, So he said, look, why don't we look into it? And two weeks later, I was sitting with the mayor of Halifax and some of the uh, key stakeholders. But mind you, I mean, that was 
20 months ago, 18 months ago. So these things take time. Uh, I've become close with, you know, John Ruddy and the guys at uh, uh, OSEG, the uh, owners of the Red Blacks, and they remind me that their whole, you know, process took five to six years. We're certainly hoping it doesn't take us that long, but uh, these things do take time, so you need patience. Okay. Well, you brought up the stadium issue because, uh, as far as I know, you still don't have one. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty big. I mean, I know there's going to be a name tomorrow and people have put up a little bit of money to to commit to having a seat or say they would like to have a seat. But but to, and uh, you know, I, I covered the story here with with Rogers Place. That, that's that's tough. It's a it's a tough issue. Where are you at with the stadium? What has to happen? Well, the good news is we have been working on this for well over a year. So uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, Halifax Regional Municipality Council voted uh, unanimously to approve the concept of the tax plan that we're looking at. Uh, so what they've instructed their uh, chief administrative officer to do is go back and work with us, get our final set of numbers, which we will provide to them in the next two to three weeks, then they'll take probably two to three months to analyze that data and go back to council with a recommendation. So we're also working, uh, you know, in a parallel path with the province of Nova Scotia. Uh, we feel very confident. Uh, this is, if you talk to either, you know, Mayor Mike Savage in Halifax or Premier Stephen McNeil, uh, the Premier of Nova Scotia, they'll tell you they've never been this far and they've never been as encouraged because they haven't had a private sector partner uh, who's as involved as we are. So, you know, these things, they, they take on a life of their own, but, uh, you know, if I was a betting man, and I am, uh, <laughs> I, I'd say that, uh, you know, we feel very, very confident. Okay, so, be, because again, I know from covering the Edmonton story, it was how is it going to be, not only how much is it going to cost, how will it be paid for? Um, so I'm, I'm hearing, though, you and your group would put up at least some money to build the stadium. Yeah, so I mean, you won't find, you know, outside of markets like New York and maybe Los Angeles, facilities like sports stadiums that are built without some form of public involvement. You know, just, you know, watching the Dallas Cowboys game uh, this afternoon, everyone thinks, oh, Jerry Jones built that. Sure he did, with probably half of it coming from the public sector. So, you know, and, and the reason is, these facilities are more than just football stadiums. Um, you know, from Halifax's point of view, they've looked at doing major events in the past like the, when the FIFA Women's World Cup came through, they didn't have a stadium. They looked at Commonwealth Games in the past, they didn't have a stadium. So, you know, the, the question isn't so much should there be public involvement. The question is more along the lines, what's the risk um, tolerance level that government has? And it's probably very similar to our risk tolerance level. So, you know, we've put together a plan that we think is, is elegant because of the fact that it's not drawing from current tax funds. It's, you know, the creation of things. Well, actually, we went to school on, on, on the arena here with a tax increment financing plan uh, where property taxes that are generated go back into the project and then some car rental taxes and hotel taxes. So the good news is, you know, in a region like Nova Scotia, which is looking for, you know, more doctors and nurses and things like that, we're not it, taking one cent out of dollars that are being generated for those types of things. Anthony LeBlanc joining us on Inside Sports, founding partner of Maritime Football. Great explanation about the stadium, and I, I, my sense is you're pretty optimistic, so that that's wonderful to hear. Uh, you have asked for uh, fans in the Maritimes for $50 um, commitments, I guess, to having deposit. a seat. Deposit. Yep. Dare I ask, uh, what, can, can you give me a number? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going great. So we're over 5,000 deposits as of now, which, when you think about it, we haven't spent a single dime on advertising this. This was all based off a press conference that myself and another one of my partners, Bruce Bowser and Commissioner Ambrosi, had a couple of weeks ago. Um, and to your point, you know, we don't have a franchise yet, although it's pretty much understood. We got the stadium done. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this process. Um, 
but but you know, and there there isn't a stadium. So uh, we think that the react and and by the way, I also met with the uh, lead governors of the CFL last week, and when I told them the number we were at, they were flabbergasted. Okay, they they were thrilled. They said that is fantastic. So you never know. But but the point is, this is you know, you mentioned my NHL experience. I was on the board of governors when Vegas was going through the expansion process. This is a textbook part of expansion in professional sports. You've got to go out and test the market. Make sure that your expectations are real. Uh, because, look, nobody wants to go through this whole thing, certainly n- no one more than the, the ownership group, and then find out that you don't have a market for it. How large would the stadium be, ideally? Ideally, I think in that market for a CFL team, you want somewhere between twenty-two and 26,000 ticketed uh, tickets available. That doesn't mean fixed seats because, you know, again, I, I base most of my time in Ottawa. The new TD Place Stadium has a number of great gathering spots where it's people buying tickets, but they're kind of standing in an end zone. Um, those types of things are, are really popular these days. And look, the good news about those types of spaces is you don't have to put seats in, so it reduces the capital cost right. of building the facility. And uh, there's going to be a name announcement tomorrow? There will be. Um, I, I know there's fans very exuberant fans walking around the site with the Atlantic Schooners yes. uh, jerseys. Uh, I know one of them, I think, might have said to uh, Andrew and Jay Lynn that maybe it's going to be the Storm. I, I don't know if you have a preference, but this is totally a vote? Or? Um, it, it is a vote, and it was a heck of a lot closer than we thought. We okay. floated four names originally, uh, and the two finalists are Schooners and Storm. Okay. Look, from my perspective, I think they're both great names. Uh, I'm totally fine with it, uh, but uh, we, we do have, uh, you know, pretty much we and unless something crazy happens in the next, call it 12 hours, we, we do have a winner, but you're going to have to wait another Okay, 20, but, it, but it will be Atlantic. It won't it be Halifax. Be. And, and yeah. it's interesting because a lot of people have said, well, Halifax would be a better name. And it pains me to refer to this team because I'm a New York Jets fan. But if it's okay for Boston to be the New England Patriots, right. it should be okay for you know the, the Halifax region. And the key point there is this will be a regional team, just like Saskatchewan is a regional team. It's not Regina's team. It's a regional team. And I've said all along, this will be the team from Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, New Brunswick, all the way to St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, yeah. And and we're seeing that. We're getting that reaction. In the season ticket drive, we've seen deposits from all across the region. Well, Anthony, I really appreciate you stopping by. I know it's a busy week for you, and, and you're working really hard on this. I'm, I'm pleased to hear your enthusiasm. I'm pleased that it's further along, as you re- referenced, than any other group has, has, has taken it. And uh, I, I think I'm going to speak for a lot of CFL fans where it's like, yes, let's make it truly coast-to-coast. Let's get the 10th team in there, whether you want to balance the divisions or be like me and go to one division of 10. Either either right. way, uh, I think it's time to get this team in here. Thanks for letting us know how it's going, and enjoy Edmonton. Enjoy the Great Cup Festival. Thanks so much. That is Anthony LeBlanc from Maritime Football. Quick timeout, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. It's the biggest event of the year, and 630 Chad is bringing the heat. Grey Cup Festival in downtown Edmonton. Live shows, free prizes, and exclusive coverage of our national championship. Visit us at the 630 Chad Information Center across from the Shaw Conference Center. And keep it locked to the official voice of the Grey Cup Festival. 630 Chad. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, live from the Grey Cup Festival. Brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca/conad. Thank you, mysterious voice man. And he's right. We are live at the Grey Cup Festival. 
And some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We're live in the 630 Jet Information Center. Uh, if you want to say hi, I'll be doing a meet-and-greet at 8 o'clock right in front of the trailer after the show, so that's always fun to talk to some of you in person. And, of course, you can reach out electronically by texting 630-630 or using your smartphone to dial 780-496-0063. I think someday, Jamie, we should do a show where we only take calls from people with rotary phones. Yes. That's a good idea. I miss the old rotary phone. You know what's amazing is seeing a six-year-old, my six-year-old, see my old from my, my mom still, she doesn't use it, but she still has it, and going, that, what? I don't, yeah. I don't, how does this work? Is this math? What is happening? It's like an abacus. What is happening here? That voice is Jamie Nye, who you uh, hear often as a guest on this program in person tonight. Jamie is the host of the Green Zone on CJME Radio in Regina and, of course, formerly of the 630 Jet Sports Department. It's great to see you, first of all. Welcome back to Edmonton. I know this uh, has a fond place. This city is, uh, has a fond place in your heart. Yeah, it's uh, where I... Uh got married well we got married in jasper but it's where i was i proposed to my wife and we lived here for five years and started our lives together right here in edmonton so i took a picture of the uh, river valley earlier uh, from the shaw conference center and i texted my wife and say i'll be honest i kind of miss this place uh, as it's a love coming to edmonton feels like it's a second home to me because it was home for a couple of years well we love having you we got to talk here about having anthony leblanc on the show for yeah. maritime football the Atlantic something, either Schooners or Storm, will be unveiled tomorrow. I know you were sitting here listening to that, that conversation. Wow, he's he sounds pretty optimistic. Like I know they got to jump through the political and the financing yep. hoops, but they sound like they got one leg through the hoop already. It, it's interesting. I, I watched that, that council meeting uh, when they were debating about going to the next stage, and I'll be interested to see what that council votes on when it comes to the finances, finances because there, there are boosters, there are big people going, yeah, I, we need the money, and I'm willing to do anything to get a stadium done and a team here, but there is a lot of counselors going, I don't want any public money going to this stadium. And, and but it's going to have to. I mean, and that's, that's, exactly. Yeah. And that's where I start to go, oh, what, kind of, what, what are they going to deal with? The mayor's on board, of course. There's some other senior counselors who are on board. So it, it, it's going to be interesting. Similar to Calgary's Olympic uh, debate, right? How far they went down the road until it was, okay, do you want it or not? And it, it might have to go that far in Halifax. They might have, have to have the people vote on whether or not they want public mo- money involved in this. I hope they don't have to. I mean, if the mayor's on board, I mean, when Mayor Mandela was the Edmonton mayor that really pushed it along to get yeah. to get rogers place done you spend a lot of your talk show talking about the saskatchewan rough riders are people over it not really <laughs> they're not over the hits to the head that they're still right ticked about okay. the hit to zach Kalaros and the hit to brandon bridge and there there's it's all now who's going to be the quarterback in saskatchewan in 20 well shouldn't it be zach Kalaros? he's good 11 touchdown passes as a tandem, he and Brandon Bridge. He missed That's most not good of, enough. missed most of the year. And we've talked about their You think Zach Calaro should be the quarterback of the Rough Riders? Well truthfully. Barring you, you think okay, he was good. Enough. I think Riley's gonna stay here. I think Riley's yes. gonna stay here. What are they gonna grab Bo Levi? No. But 
Uh, Chris, I don't know if Zach Kalaros is, with all the concussions he's had, can Chris Jones trust enough. that he can yeah, put no, bank that's on fair. that? Injuries are always a, a concern, especially... He might have to retire, Reed, to be quite honest. With the well, then he definitely the won't be the quarterback. <laughs> if, but well, the amount of concussions, uh, I don't know. Okay, so what are what are people saying about Chris Jones now? Has it gone back to the why is the offense so anti-scoring points? <laughs> uh, they, uh, they like Chris Jones. Well, not like is that's a love-hate relationship with Chris Jones <laughs> right. sometimes uh, with, the, with the fan base. Uh, more love now that he has 12 wins, and he's likely, I imagine, he's going to be named Coach of the Year tonight right. uh, over Rick Campbell. So, But it's Stephen McAdoo, the offensive coordinator, and you, every, people listening. The same guys that were here, yeah. Uh, the Eskimo fans know Stephen McAdoo's offense was, when you looked at Mike Riley's numbers, the worst seasons he had as a quarterback statistically uh, were with Stephen McAdoo. They did win a Grey Cup, however, and he hasn't done that without Chris Jones and Stephen McAdoo. But that offense is boring. It is It is boring. It, it, and the fans have had enough of it. It's not entertaining. You go to a game to watch the defense. They're quite entertaining. But the offense steps on the field and, you know, puts, go to sleep. It is that bad. <laughs> and is that, in your mind, what ultimately... No. You know, okay, Bridge played instead of Claros. Is that ultimately what cost them the West semifinal? That they just couldn't open it up when they needed to? And that that's just it. Why, why couldn't they open it up? Brandon Bridge was slinging it around last year with Kevin Glenn. They led the league in touchdown passes last year. What happened to that offense? And, and it was a strategy that was a complete 180 from the offense before that would actually get the ball downfield and score a lot of touchdowns. But they had Deron Carter and Bakari Grant, and Naaman Roosevelt was healthy, and Chad Owens came in late and contributed, and Rob Bag, a veteran. They had a veteran, pretty darn good receiving core, one of the best in the league. This year, I'll name you, uh, we got Shaq Evans. Mm-hmm. Jordan Williams, I, I love the hyphen. That's what I call yeah, him. Uh, the hyphen. <laughs> Kyran Moore. Uh, are people jumping up and down going, wow, what a receiving core? No, they haven't even heard of these guys. And that was part of it uh, for Saskatchewan. I think they'll be better in year two because all these guys will have an extra year. But, man, they need to open it up a little bit and should have for Brandon Bridge because he's got the arm to do it. Fans can text 63630. I'm just going to read you this one, Jamie. I mean, you lived here. You know the city. This person believes Edmonton should be cheering for Calgary since it's a team right from our province. Yeah. Not sure it works that way. I've got a, a couple of, of texts. We, we, we have been uh, on the Green Zone uh, back in Saskatchewan, of course, aptly named Green Zone for uh, what we do in Saskatchewan, uh, which is live, breathe the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And... We asked who who you got, like who, yeah. who you cheering for. A lot of people, which is for different Ottawa. from who do you th- who do you think's gonna win? Yeah, like yeah. who who you rooting for to win? And there are people, not a lot, but there are those who say you should cheer for the division, the team that represents your division. So yeah, the West, I, I don't buy that at all. And I, I'm going what. You hate them all. (laughs) But here's the thing. Uh, I I know people that are fans of NCAA and and it's or played in the NCAA and it's SEC, go SEC. So Alabama beats you 70 to nothing and then then you cheer for them in the national championship. Because it's SEC (laughs) and it's a conference, pride of the conference. So you should have pride of the division. And I'm thinking, I don't know how that works. Jamie, as you know how it works, I got to go to the news. Yeah. But it's great for stop. Are you going to the awards? I am going to the awards. Have fun. It's great to see you. Yeah. Nice uh, nice being back on the Chet Airwaves once again and seeing you face to face. Back after the break. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Live from the Grey Cup Festival. Brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca slash savior. No games in the NHL tonight. The Oilers will play tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks. Noon face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. Game at 2. Chris Weidman, the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton trading a sixth-round draft pick to Ottawa today for Weidman. 28 years old. Uh, does have uh, some offensive pedigree, especially in the uh, AHL. He was defenseman of the year in the 14-15 season. Uh, has uh, modest numbers as an NHL player. He was one of the senators in the notorious Uber video. Uh, so he is uh, coming to the Oilers. So they uh, might be carrying 8D for the short-term future. We'll see if he gets in tomorrow against the Ducks. Yesterday on Inside Sports, a couple of you texted in comments about the Oilers with movies, uh, with references to movies directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Of course, the new Oilers coach is Ken Hitchcock. Jay Bueller has put a lot of time and effort into this text. So I'm going to read it because Jay is one of the more amusing textures to the show. Here we go. There are some fans who think Hitchcock is for the birds. I say those people are psycho. These so-called fans are worried about how the young and innocent may handle his notorious style of coaching. Don't think of Hitchcock as the man who knew too much. He's not out to sabotage his hometown team. The true saboteur is Peter, constantly looking for another number 17 and failing miserable every time. Personally, I think we have a chance seeing most of the weaker Pacific Division in our rear window. I confess, without a shadow of a doubt, that I believe the Oilers will go into a winning frenzy that will leave the fans spellbound. There will be a lot more travel over the year. Some return trips home will even be north by northwest. In the end, we don't have the wrong man leading these players in their quest for the ring that only cup winners get. An incredible text from Jay Bueller. Though I got to say, does Hitchcock have a movie, The Ring, or is he just throwing in other horror movies from uh, the past 20 years or so? Jay, that's an epic text, though. So you you have earned my admiration. Thank you very much for sending that to 630-630. Of course, the phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh, the Eskimos uh, are going to get some dough as a result of this Grey Cup, which might mean a legacy project. I caught up uh, with Eskimos President Len Rhodes this afternoon. Well, Len, good to see you. We're standing right in the middle of the festival that's uh, off and running. Pretty must be pretty rewarding to see it all going and see all these people coming in. Uh, it's really rewarding. You know, we've been planning this for about two years now from the time we submitted a proposal put a bid in we're awarded it and it's all you know a paper exercise until that point but last night when the people started coming and we officially launched great cup festival there's a it's a it's a really really gratifying uh, emotion that goes through you when you see the smiling faces not only from people here in edmonton but uh, those across the entire country there's obviously a, a story that came out last week about the potential of there yeah. being a dome for Commonwealth Stadium. So that perked up a lot of people's ears. Yes. Um, can you just kind of maybe tell us how it would work and, and where it's at right now? Sure. So the idea is to have an inflatable field dome, basically covering the field itself. Think of the U of A where they have a bubble. It would be the same concept, and it would allow the field to be used 12 months a year. So right now, basically, you can't use the Commonwealth Stadium's field for the uh, uh, winter months. This would extend 
expanded and allow amateur sports, the community to participate. So what we've done is we put a proposal forward where we would put the first $500,000 as a legacy project from the Grey Cup so that when the Grey Cup is said and done, there's a nice fond memory in terms of what's left behind. So that's our first idea. Now, in defense of the city's process, they got go through a budgeting process. Administration has will be submitting it as part of a master plan uh, to uh, council, and we'll see how that goes. If it gets approved, we'd be really happy to put the first $500,000, and we estimate that the project would be at about $3 million. Okay, so obviously there's still some, some hurdles to jump there, but this is, should clarify, this would not dome the, the stadium for Eskimos game. Correct. It remains an open-roofed stadium, Reed. Uh, this covers the field itself. Uh, it would basically cover the field as you know it, the end zones and part of the uh, tracks as well. Okay, and so this would, but you kind of touched on it, but this would allow people to go in there, play some flag football, oh, yeah. soccer, whatever community uses. It would be like uh, another field house right next to the field house, but you'd have a full CFL field. And that's the difference. Our field house right now is not a full size one, so uh, using that uh, at the stadium itself, uh, the brick field would be absolutely wonderful. There's so many needs in this community for all f- forms of amateur sports that are trying to vie for. Uh, for usage and uh, this would allow that to be extended so we like the idea and the fact that you even said a lot of people have uh, reacted to it hopefully more good than bad but that allows us to see what the fans think as well and what the community feels and you know there's many ideas but that's the one we'd love to get behind all right I haven't talked to you since the Eskimo season, since yeah. you guys were eliminated, yeah. so I should just get a comment on that. Obviously, didn't go the way you guys liked. There was a lot of speculation about uh, the futures of people in the organization. Jason and Brock are back, despite not there being a playoff spot. How come they're the right guys to keep going forward? Yeah, first, it's really shitty to miss the playoffs. Uh, from the beginning of the year, we want to be in it. We want to be in our own great cup. Uh, I can't even describe how it feels. It tears us apart. But at one point, the season's over. you got to move on. So the Great Cup allows us to focus on something else. But uh, keeping uh, uh, Brock and Jason in place is about continuity. A few years ago, we really had as an objective, let's get a group together. Let's try to have some consistency. People get to work together. And uh, we believe in the both of these gentlemen, and uh, they're our going-forward guys. So uh, there's going to be some fine-tuning, and you've already seen a few uh, changes within the organization. But uh, our GM and our head coach are definitely here to stay. All right, so that's Len Rhodes, president of the Eskimos. I ran into him uh, at the festival this afternoon and I was able to, to get that interview. So this this dome for Commonwealth Stadium, again, just to emphasize, it is a, a temporary dome that would go up just over the field in the winter so it could be used in the winter months as opposed to sitting empty from you know October, November, whatever, until the, the Eskimos start training camp and, and the preseason. Um, it would not be something that covers the entire stadium and, and allows games to be played indoors. It would basically create a temporary field house. The Eskimos saying, hey, maybe we could put half a million dollars toward it. Mice cost three million bucks. Obviously, the city has to get involved. I think some city councillors today said they, they weren't really sure about it or, or didn't know too much about it. So that's the update there from Len Rhodes. No NHL games tonight. American Thanksgiving in the NFL. First quarter, Saints lead the Falcons 7-0. Earlier, Cowboys over Washington 31-23 and the Bears get to 8-3 with a 23-16 win in Detroit. We'll keep you updated on that Falcons-Saints score uh, throughout the evening. Ottawa and Calgary in the Grey Cup. 
There's a U of A grad on each side of this. Recent draft picks into the CFL. Mark Cordy for the Ottawa Red Blacks and Justin Lawrence, offensive lineman for the Calgary Stampeders, taken in the fifth round, 39th overall on May 14th. Four years at the U of A Golden Bears. He was a first-team all-Canadian, blocked for a Canada West leading rush attack that compiled uh, that compiled almost 1,800 yards. Uh, Justin Lawrence blocking last year for Ed Nicky on his way to the Heck Crichton Trophy. Stampeders Media Day today in uh, in the Shaw, and I caught up with Justin. So what's it like to be back here in Edmonton getting ready for a great cup game this week? Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, just to be coming back to my hometown, my first year, great cup. Um, I, I couldn't be more thankful for this, be around all my family, my friends, and stuff like that. So I'm more than thankful for it. What have you learned this year? Tell me a little bit about the transition from college football to pro football. Uh, not, We don't have enough time to explain how much I learned this year. Um, coming from college straight to the, the pros, it, it's a huge jump, and I think a lot of guys underestimate that. Um, I had lots to learn playbook-wise, technique-wise, and just as far as attitude and stuff like that, facing some of the top players in the league, right? So, Especially going against guys like Micah Jr., uh, Wiggs, and all that every day. So, What about playing a season that's basically double the length of what you played in youth sports? It takes a toll on the body, um, mentally, physically, all that stuff. Like you, it, it's, a, it's a long season. you got to prep for that. Uh, we're, I, don't, I can't even count the weeks we're in so far, including camp, but uh, it, yeah, it takes a toll on you, and you gotta you got to learn how to take care of yourself and prepare for practice every week. So did Ed Elnicki make the O-lineman look good, or did the O-lineman get <laughs> Elnicki that heck right? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Us as O-linemen, we like to think we did a, a bit of the ground work to make him look pretty, but uh, I think it was a, a combination of effort there. So, <laughs> Who's coming to the game this week, family and friend-wise? Uh, I basically got my whole family, my girlfriend, her family, uh, my friends are coming out. Uh, I got a pretty good group coming, so I'm hoping we win. They can come down. We can all get a picture with a great cup together. Did any of them have to get past a Calgary bias, like an anti-Calgary <laughs> bias when you were drafted by the Stamps and get into the swing of cheering for a team in red instead of a team in green? Yeah, it, it was definitely an adjustment. Well, even playing for the Bears, we've always been green and gold. Um, so to see, like, for first of all, like a lot of people seeing me in red was uh, like it was a weird sight. So, but they got over it real quick, and um, we've definitely adapted to the Calgary uh, to the Calgary scene. So I, they've all been good. People still give me a rough time here and there, but uh, everyone who's close to me is cheering for me, and that's all I can th- like be thankful for. So. That was great to catch up to Justin Lawrence from the Calgary Stampeders. U of A Golden Bear grad, obviously very excited to play for the Stamps and chase the Grey Cup at Commonwealth Stadium. Some text to 636.30. The Ring is indeed an Alfred Hitchcock movie that came out in October of 1927. I appreciate that research. I have learned something today. Clem says not cheering for the Stampeders or at least a Western team seems to me to be infantile slash high school at best. That is, it's a big difference between being an infant and being in high school, Clem. I mean, I matured mildly in that time. 
Well, uh, Robert says the line of thinking you should root for your rival is completely bogus. I was in Boulder, Colorado for many years. There was no way I would ever root for Nebraska. There was no way I would root for a rival. I especially took joy in Nebraska's recent record-length losing streak. Some uh, differing opinions there from Robert and Clem. Don't know if you heard, uh, one of the Eskimos today got in a little trouble with the police here on the Grey Cup Festival site. We'll have that story when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, he was the MOP last year. There will be a new one tonight. The CFL Awards handed out at the Windspear Center in downtown Edmonton. Reed Wilkins broadcasting from the 630 Chet Information Center until 8 o'clock for Inside Sports. I'll be doing a meet and greet in front of our trailer here right after the show at 8. If you'd like to uh, come by and say hi, we are located uh, at the west end of the festival site just off 99th and and, uh, right on Jasper Avenue. We are are very easy to find. So um, there's a lot going on here at the Great Cup Festival, including my colleague Morley Scott wandering around with a member of the Edmonton Eskimos, Nateaje, wandering around. And apparently, now I, I actually haven't heard this. Morley said you can use it, though. I guess they got into a little bit of trouble today. All right, I am here with uh, the uh, Grey Cup Fun Police. First off, identify yourselves and where you're from. Uh, Officer Jeff, I am from Edmonton, but represent the Ottawa Red Blacks. Officer Corey from Red Deer, and I represent the Calgary Stampeders. Officer Dave from Strathmore, we're representing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I saved the best for last. Officer Kirk uh, from Stetler, Alberta, and representing the Eskimos. All right, you are the Great Cup Fun Police. Uh, who's the spokesman? Who wants to talk here? All right, tell me, what are the duties of the Great Cup Fun Police? He said well, duties. <laughs> well, oh, I think I'm getting it now. Yeah. There, there's the Eskimos' input. Um, there, it's a fairly thorough process we have all weekend of making sure everybody's having fun and everybody's enjoying themselves, taking in the festivities, enjoying everything that the Grey Cup has to offer. Not just the game, not just one team pavilion, but everything that's here for the weekend. And I understand you actually give out tickets. Yeah, absolutely. This is the thing. When we enforce the fun, there's things like party fouls and spilling your drink and wearing NFL apparel. That is a no, 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 no. This is a CFL event, Canadian thing, Canadian party. So there's various uh, offenses like we mentioned. There's too hot to handle, not drunk enough, buzzkill, stuff like that. And there's penalties as well. There's do a beer ball and get arrested, high five the officer. There's some things that we can't really say in the radio that are also uh, penalties for the offenses. All right. What's the what's the most common summons that you give out? Um, it depends on the time of day. Usually walking around, there's the, the, the awesome attire is definitely uh, one of our best and great CFL fans. And then as the evening gets longer, the not drunk enough is what comes up quite often. What kind of response do you get from people when you give them a ticket? <laughs> people come to it and ask for tickets. So I'm... That's the great thing about the, they love these police officers, so that's that's why it's great being a fight. It's the best job in the world. All right, I want to introduce to you uh, Natea Jay from the Edmonton Eskimos, Yay! working with us this week. Any advice for him? On the on the week. This is his, this is his first great cup. First great cup, courage, you know. That's a. Oh, there you go. 
That's reason to get ridden up right there. <laughs> I need well, a ticket. So, yeah, so basically the advice would be go say hi to every single person you meet. Go to every single team party, event, uh, horse in the lobby, everything. Drinking from cups, doing everything. You have to go partake in every single thing you possibly can and just have fun. Thank you. Everything. I'm going to do everything just like you said. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's how you get deputized as an honorary fund police. Ooh. Oh, career goals. Career goals. <laughs> I actually, actually, actually have one question. How do you become a fund police officer? It's a thorough process. Yeah. It's quite the character evaluation. Uh, you have to be an actual CFL fan, not just a team fan. We're all here for the league and making it a betterment for everybody else. But it's quite the thorough process. It takes a lot of trust, and you got to be re- you got to be able to represent the brand. Okay. <laughs> Can you give him a ticket for anything? Uh, looking at Nate right now, has he violated anything? Well, he's oh. a great cup virgin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a. Uh, I'll take a ticket. <laughs> okay, so when we do the thing, yes. the offender is Nate. Yeah, Location is Edmonton. The month would be November, of course. And it's 2018. You're going to be charged with a fun police violation for awesome attire. Even though I am a Ryder fan, you're the Eskimo guy. Uh, you should be a great CFL fan as you play in it. We'll leave that for someone else. It's too hot for handle. <laughs> the ladies might think, you know, he's got a little something, something. Uh, probably early in the day, we won't give you a ticket for being not drunk enough, but it is past 5 o'clock right. or somewhere, right? It, it would be somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, so we'll it give you that one Thanksgiving, as well. so they've been going since 8 o'clock this morning. That is correct. And we'll probably also give you a, a violation for speeding, because I imagine you run pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jim and I got to do a foot. So, uh, <laughs> my question would be, Natea Jay, how do you plead? Guilty. Oh, okay, so the penalty today for these offenses will be a high five, fist bump, once you get one, chug your drink, and post in a picture of the officer. I am Officer Dave, there's my official ID. You have been arrested, and you are a violator. How many years have you guys been coming to the Great Cup? Uh, This is only my second. I was a rookie officer last year. Uh, these guys have been going at it in various forms for... Since 2011. 2011 as the fun police. Uh, this is my 14th Grey Cup in total, but... Wow. No, 14th in a row. Of course, like 14th your 19th in a row. row. It's my right, 20th sorry. in a row. It's 20th total, about 15th in a row. Yeah, but so like 16th. Okay, don't row. fight, guys. Don't fight. It doesn't look good on you. All right, one last question. Where's the best place to go at this Grey Cup if you want to have a good time? Spirit of Edmonton tonight. Yes, the spirit. That's what place to go. This is even a Stamps guy saying, Spirit of Edmonton is the place to be on night one. All right, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for upholding uh, the law amongst all the Great Cup citizens. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Morley Scott out and about with Eskimos receiver Nate Ajay. And you heard it there, Spirit of Edmonton is the place to be. Well, how about this? We got one of the people behind Spirit of Edmonton when we get back live at the Great Cup Festival inside sports on 630 Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.